friends, welcome to another episode of Doable Discipleship, a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith. My name is Jason Whelan. I'm joined as always by my friend and co-host, Linda Tokar. Linda, do you want to say what we love to call the show? I do. I do. It's the show that helps you grow. I changed it up a little bit and I wondered if you were like, wait, I I need to say it. This is the thing. (laughs) I do. The show that helps you grow. That's right. Um, Friends, we are um, literally smack dab in the middle of this uh, series on embodiment. We are going, we are talking about this book called um, Embodied by Dr. Greg Allison. And this is our third episode in this series. So again, if you have not um, engaged with this series. First, if you're, if you're brand new to the podcast, hi, welcome. We're glad that you're here. The water's fine. Stay and hang out for a while. Um, but also go back and listen to the first two episodes in this series. Uh, in the first episode, we did an interview with Dr. Allison about the book. And then um, last week, Linda and I talked about some problems that come with embodiment, you know, uh, just some issues that everybody faces when thinking about this, this body um, or as Shakespeare would say, this mortal coil. Mm. Um, so today we're going to be looking at how we are called to use our body to worship God. And Mm -hmm. what does it mean to engage with disciplines that relate to the body and, um, and how this is, how it's not an area that we want to overlook. So, We'll dive into it. So right now, let's just set the stage a little bit, okay? When we're talking about worship and what it means to worship God, we're really like, it's talking about whole nature submission mm. to God. It's talking about putting God first and foremost in every area of our life and recognizing who he is. God is God and I am not, right? And <laughs> who we are and that he is worthy and deserving of worship and praise and submission in Mm -hmm. every aspect of our life. Now, for most of us, we may think of this in certain ways. We may think of like, like, yes, I should, I should submit my desires or my plans Mm -hmm. or my thoughts, or even, even other sort of more tactile things like, like my finances, my decision-making, Um, you know, all these different areas, like, yes, I can see how I should submit to God and show him worship in these areas. And what we often don't think about is that this should include our bodies. It should include bodily submission to God too, right? Um, The kind of the whole point of this series is talking about how like God made our bodies. He intended us to be as embodied people. And so there is a, a responsibility for us in that mm-hmm. to dedicate and submit and put into worship all of ourselves, including our bodies. In the book embodied, uh, Dr. Allison, he talks about the humbling of our body before God's majesty. Right. Mm-hmm. And we get these images in the Bible of all of creation bowing before God. Right. And mm-hmm. that includes our bodies because we are <laughs> God's creation. Right. If you want, if you want to dive into that a bit more, go back and listen to our beloved dust series. Right. But 
is there, so, so today's episode is going to be focused on how do we do this? What are some ways, what are some ways that we should think about incorporating our body into worship, right? Because worship um, is not just singing. It's not just singing praises, but it's, right. it's literally that whole nature submission before God. So what does this look like? And we want to start by kind of just acknowledging that there's a difference between how we use our bodies in worship now versus what we see in scripture in the Bible mm -hmm. of how people mm -hmm. use their bodies, right? And so I just want you to picture, if you will, kind of your weekend worship service, mm -hmm. wherever you go, just picture what it kind of looks like. I would imagine for the majority of you, you picture people either sitting or standing or sitting <laughs> or standing. <laughs> Maybe there's like a scattering of people who have hands raised. Maybe sometimes people bow their heads when they pray, right? <clears throat> if you're of some um, certain traditions, maybe there's kneeling mm -hmm. at some points, right? But in general, it's not a very bodily affair. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, it's very much, you know, I'm going to sit or stand and just listen, you know, maybe you will see a toe tapping during, <laughs> during some songs, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe a little swaying, maybe clapping sometimes. Sure. Too, right. But, but if you, if you think about church now, what your, your, what your image probably is, is kind of pretty stoic mm -hmm. in terms of bodily engagement. Now there are some traditions in churches where things are very different, but we're just speaking in generality here. This has probably been your experience mm -hmm. or you could picture an experience like this, especially if you're at a church where people wear suits and they're fine with dresses. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but if we look at scripture and we see how people engaged in worship and in church life um, back then, we see a very different image. Like, yes, we have these bowing heads, we have raising hands, we have, have kneeling, but we have <laughs> so much more too. So Linda, talk us into some of this that we see. Yeah, the the Bible is full of very, you know, the 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 descriptions of worship are they're so the whole person is involved whether they're clapping or whether they're shouting. I mean, David was dancing. I mean, it's it's very physical. It's very involved. It's the whole person is connecting with God. And I, you know, I think about, you know, as you were asking us to think about traditional or what our church services are like, you know, I've grown up in church and now it's like, if somebody's clapping and really, you know, swaying with the music, it's, sometimes people are like, wow, they're really, they're really moved. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. <laughs> it's almost seen as like, wow, like they're really experiencing something because we've, and I think a lot of it's culturally driven, yeah. you know, and we're looking side to side, no, are they doing that? I don't know. And, you know, but yeah, the old Testament, it talks a lot about the physicality and of worship and also of just their expressions towards God. You know, there were times when they're praying and they're laid out on the ground. 
you know, or they're bowed down with their face to the ground. I mean, we don't, you know, we'll sometimes bow our heads, but it talks about, I mean, there's times when they call it prostrate. I mean, they're Mm -hmm. on the floor or they are, um, you know, like if they're grieving, you know, or they're calling out to God, they are wailing. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's loud. It's, it's, it's not demure. It's not yeah. self-controlled in a way that you'd think, oh no, you know, we don't want to disturb anybody. It's it, it's emotive. It yeah. emotive, yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But it's also, I mean, it engages the senses, right? Like the early, the early, early church, there was incense burning, and that that reminded you of things. There was things that you heard. There was there was physical engagement. You were standing, you were sitting, you were doing things. And engaging all of the parts of the person yeah. was part of worship. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, we've definitely gotten kind of far from that sometimes. Yeah. It's, and it can be, even when we go back and read the Bible and see these different types of engagement, it could be interesting for us too to just kind of say like, Oh, like that's so different, you know, like, and then you start to imagine what would it be like if I saw somebody doing that or, uh-huh. or what would it be like if I did that? And, you know, and you really, it's, I, I think, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there about, about that self-awareness mm-hmm. is, is so different now. We're so thinking usually about what other people are thinking about me or are they judging me or are they think I'm, you know, like, you know, off my rocker or something like that, you know, whereas, Whereas what we see in this exuberance, it's, it's literally just, it's an overflowing of praise and love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to use everything that I have. Yeah. It, you know, the Bible talks about worshiping with abandon. And yeah. when I think about that, it's like, I'm not worried about what anybody thinks about me. I'm not worried if I fit in with what's happening around me. I'm so connected to God in that moment that I'm not, I'm not concerned about the other things. I'm entirely engaged. One of the, something that came to mind as you were even doing the intro was just Romans 12, right? Mm -hmm. Where it says that I, you know, Paul writing, and he says, I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, right? So this isn't just like my heart is devoted to God. (laughs) That's not what he's saying. He's saying, you need to be all in. I want all of you. And that includes your body. Yeah. And I want to make sure that we're emphasizing the point. We are not saying that you cannot worship, you know, in a kind of general corporate setting that you may have thought about. Of course you can. What we're saying is maybe there's an opportunity to, you know, let yourself loose a little bit and, you know, see what it's like to you know, oil those hinges, if you will, on your body (laughs) and just let things, you know, shake, rattle and roll a little bit, you know, and just kind of see like what, and again, maybe you don't do that for your first time at, at, at at a church service. Maybe you do that at home at first. And then just say like, like, I really like getting to move. I really like, you know, laying down like you were talking about, or really getting into it or shouting or dancing maybe find some incense to burn, you know, sing like whatever it is, find a place to offer kind of full bodily expression and, and to set those, those boundaries aside that you may have of like, I, I, I don't do that, you know, and, and just f- 
find a place to explore what that feels like to just, you know, leap and dance with all of your might before the Lord. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, so, so that's just a part that we wanted to touch on just a bit about, about, about that using your body for worship in, in like an expressive side of worship. Now there's another way for using your body for worship, and that's through engaging with some spiritual disciplines that incorporate the body. So Linda, there's a story that's written about in this book called A Journey of the Soul by Bill and Christy Galtier, who we've had them on the podcast a few times. And I would love for you, if you would mind, to read this story of Elijah. Sure, I'd be happy to. If you're following along or if you have the book, I'm on page 105. Elijah's story in the Bible illustrates the danger of burnout and our need for soul care in the R stage. He had three amazing accomplishments in quick succession. He defeated 450 false prophets of Baal by calling down fire from heaven. He prayed for rain and ended a three-year drought. And he raced a chariot in a 20-mile marathon and won. He was at the peak of his ministry success and proud. He was basing his identity on his results rather than his relationship with Yahweh. Then the wicked queen Jezebel sent armies to kill him and he hid, trembling alone in the wilderness. In anger, he judged the other prophets of Yahweh as inferior. In self-pity, he complained that he was the only true prophet left. He became so depressed that he prayed for the Lord to take his life. It was a dark desolation in which he felt abandoned by the God he had worked so hard to serve. Elijah collapsed under a tree, wanting to die. He didn't realize that Yahweh was guiding him to rest quietly there. He took a long nap. He ate a big meal, took another long nap, and ate another big meal. Then he went for a long walk in the desert till he found shelter in a cave. Here, he finally turned his loneliness into solitude by praying and listening for God's guidance. He needed to practice basic self-care. Dallas Willard likes to call these Elijah disciplines. Yeah, so we wanted to focus a little bit you know, like on the other side of the coin of using your body for expressive worship, but in, now we're talking about f- using your body for disciplined worship too. Mm. And that phrase um, at the end of that passage, Elijah needed to practice basic self-care in calling these things Elijah's disciplines. That's what we're talking about. And, and you can see from this, this passage in, in this story of Elijah, you know, the, 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 the struggle and, and the reality, the possibility of burnout, right? Mm-hmm. Of doing so much, of working so much, even if you're working for God, doing too much, too much, too much, too much, like just going, 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 that we can land ourselves in this kind of broken down, sputtered down place of burnout, mm-hmm. where we just feel like we're, we're so exhausted. We've been doing too much. We cannot do more. Mm-hmm. And what we see from God is, is saying like, wait, hold on. Uh, let's go back to this topic of rest, you know, Mm -hmm. and the importance, like I kind of built this in, you know, to, uh, how I made everything, (laughs) 
And uh, I've talked to you about uh, the importance of Sabbath. So I think, you know, rest is important. And so in, in what we see even more from Elijah is these self-care in the, and we can start to see how he did this mm-hmm. in the importance of, of engaging in these self-care disciplines, which are all about the body, by the way, and so that he can avoid burnout, mm-hmm. that he can keep moving, keep working for the Lord. And God wants us to take care, to be stewards of our body. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about these Elijah disciplines a little bit that we see. The first thing that we see is that uh, Elijah took some naps. Right on. <laughs> right. <laughs> Getting more sleep mm-hmm. is a discipline. It is a self-care yeah. discipline. Mm-hmm. And really, sometimes it can be a really strong act of worship. Because mm-hmm. what you are saying to God is, is God, I know that I need to take care of this body that you gave me. Mm-hmm. And while I feel like I am responsible for getting all this stuff done, I know that what's most important is trusting you that you will, that I need to sleep. And mm-hmm. so I can leave, I can put things in your hand. Like they don't need to depend on me right. all the time. Right. I need to get more sleep. Now I say this as somebody who does not get much sleep because <laughs> I have little kids. Um, <laughs> So I, I can appreciate the value of sleep. So if you are not in the stage of having little kids, either you have not had kids yet, or you have kids that are grown up, my encouragement to you is take hold of this value, embrace this discipline, the opportunity, because there is a period where it's, it's not, it's just not possible. And I thank God that he knows the situation that we're in. Uh, but anyway, so, so getting more sleep. Taking naps, finding time out of your day mm-hmm. to recharge, right? Mm-hmm. That's important. And yes, it, it can be a, a worshiping discipline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is eating healthy is we see that Elijah ate big meals, right? He was, he, he was putting in, and that's just talking about his intentionality right. be, behind getting that sustenance that, that God made our bodies to need. God mm-hmm. could have made our bodies to not need food, but he designed our bodies to require food and, and sustenance and drink and water and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, but it's, it's realizing the stewardship of what you're putting into your body too, sure. of choosing things that will be most beneficial right. to your body. Yeah. That's an act of worship too. Right. right? Um, and then Appreciating nature is another thing from this list of Elijah disciplines that the Galtiers wrote about in their book. And appreciating nature is really just focused on reconnecting with God. It's, it's mm-hmm. acknowledging God's creativity, God's beauty, God's, God's power, and mm-hmm. just in, in knowing that our place is a part of God's creation mm-hmm. and that we can, and we can be rested and recharged even just by appreciating nature, appreciating what God made. Um, that's another part of this discipline. And it is an act of worship as well, acknowledging who God is mm-hmm. and seeing and appreciating the work that he's done. That's worship too. Yeah. I think it's always interesting. This conversation, you know, when you talk about things like sleeping and eating, um, when, when you begin to 
to put them in the context of worshiping God and honoring God by doing them. It elevates the conversation. Yeah. You know, our culture talks a lot about these things um, as just good things to do. Yeah. But when we elevate the conversation to these are ways that we worship and honor God, these are the ways that we're able to offer our bodies as living sacrifices, you know, <laughs> is that when we've taken care of our body and it is fit for service, then, yeah. you know, that's how we're able to do that. So I, I, I just think it's such an interesting thing when we put this lens over this discussion, because I think it really elevates it. And, you know, there are so many more, um, it can be a discipline to receive physical touches of comfort, to allow people to come alongside you and literally encourage you and comfort you. Sometimes we're so quick to, oh, I'm good. I'm good. I, you know, mm -hmm. I'm fine. You know, people are trying to comfort you. People are trying to make you feel better and they can see that you're stressed or run down and they, they, they want to come alongside you. And we have this moment of like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. And yet there's something viscerally powerful about somebody just putting their arm around you and going, it's okay, yeah. you know, and allowing for that. Um, again, things like exercise, you know, that's another one where why we do what we do is important. And when we're exercising to strengthen our body so that we can do the things that God is calling us to do, that's a, a wonderful way to honor God is to take care of our bodies by keeping them, you know, by exercising and, and keeping them strong. Um, there's a lot of these, um, talking honestly with God, and this is physical too, because if you think about what it does when you are upset or fearful or angry, and you hold that in and you're just like, no, I'm good. <laughs> you know, and you pray and you're like, everything's good, God. And yet inside you're just torn up. That actually has physical effects on you. Yeah, you'll I become mean, a pressure cooker. Right. And I mean, it affects your sleep. It affects your appetite. You might not sleep at all. You might want to sleep all the time. You might not eat at all. You might binge eat. And that, you know, that has to do with kind of how we're wired and things, but. Or you can get like an ulcer. Oh, there's know? that. Yeah. But when you talk honestly with God, when you give him full access to the full range of what you're experiencing, whether you're really happy or really sad or angry or fearful, when you express that to him, your body was not meant to contain that. <laughs> so when yeah. you give that to him, that is a discipline that's actually going to help your body. Also being still, learning to have times of quiet, learning to have times of stillness. We sometimes associate or connect in our heads, busyness and activity with productivity. And like, this is good. You know, if I'm busy, how are you busy? And it's like, <laughs> okay. And we have this sort of attachment to the idea of constantly moving. Like we value that culturally. And yet the constant example, especially in the life of Jesus, is that he constantly got away by himself, as was his habit, to be still and be quiet. And that's where his, his soul and body were refreshed. Yeah, I think it's important to, to note that you can have worshipful experiences on both sides of that spectrum, right? Because we talked earlier about being exuberant and just sure. letting your body, you know, just, 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 you know, worship in fullness, but there's also the encouragement to worship your body by just being still, by being quiet, mm -hmm. you know, by subduing the tendencies of our body to, you know, be uncomfortable with silence and stillness. Oh, yeah. And instead saying, you know, I'm going to spend this time just, just focused 
on God. I'm going to think about, you know, focus my energy in, in, in not, you know, um, by just saying, no, I'm going to, I'm going to dedicate this time mm-hmm. to, to that. Mm-hmm. So, so there's, I, I just wanted to acknowledge both ends of that spectrum. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. There was another one that you and I kind of talked about, and that's delegating tasks to others who have bandwidth. Um, again, this kind of goes with the cultural value on being busy and saying yes, and I'm able and the ability to learn to say no, you know, your no's become as important as your yeses. And again, they're an act of worship to say to God, like, I'm going to do the things that you've called me to do. I love how pastor Rick always says, um, you know, you have time to do everything God has called you to do. Mm-hmm. But there are times when there are so many demands and so many things vying for your time and attention that it is actually an act of trusting God and of recognizing your own limitations to be able to delegate some things to people who have more bandwidth, who maybe are not as overtaxed as you are. And that in itself, that takes discipline. It's hard to say, you know what, I can't take this on right now. I can't do this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> at least for me, um, know. you know, God's like, God's like, trust me. If, if what I gave you to do is so important that you can't get it done in the time that you have, then I will hold the sun still for you. Yeah. But given that that's only happened once, right. <laughs> everything else is a matter that you might need to reprioritize some things based on what I'm asking you to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, you're probably noticing there's a lot of overlap kind of between these Elijah disciplines and some of the things that we've been talking about, even in the embodied book. And, um, you know, so like sleep and nutrition and exercise, those things, I mean, I love sort of the, the, the interplay between these two because what we're just seeing is that as we seek to walk more, more closely with God, as we seek to give our lives fully to him, like these are important things. And the reason so many authors and so many discussions keep landing here is because this is hard for us. You know, we, we tend to think, well, if I've learned the right things and if I've thought the right things, then I'm growing in my faith. And sometimes, you know, like pastor Rick will say, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is just be quiet Mm-hmm. and, and, and rest with God. So, yeah, that's so true. And I, I we wanted to acknowledge too, that there's, there's a difference when we're talking about like health and mm-hmm. fitness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when we talk about health, really what we're generally talking about is trying to fix the things that are wrong right. in, in, in our our physical health, right? So it like a doctor helps to get you back to a place of health. If you have a malady, right? If there's a sickness or infirmity or whatever it is, let's try to get you back to a place of health. Mm -hmm. And then fitness is taking that to the next step. It's saying, okay, you're generally healthy. Let's try to keep moving that forward to get to a place where you are not just healthy, but you are fit. Yeah. Um, And and engaging with these disciplines can be a part of that pursuit of fitness, right? Mm-hmm. You can be healthy and, you know, not necessarily have a whole bunch of these disciplines that you engage in. But mm-hmm. if you want to be spiritually fit, 
one way to do that is to engage with these disciplines, which include the body, by the way. (laughs) Um, So nice little tie in there. Um, (laughs) So in this whole conversation that we're having, which is a part of this broader conversation about, about a theology of embodiment, it's really trying to take ownership of that our like our bodies are ours in our our bodies are a part of us and we are mm-hmm. called to worship with all of us we are called to love god with all of our heart soul mind and strength mm-hmm. and one way to do that is to include um things of the body in that mm-hmm. in, in, you know by looking at how we worship by t- by talking about these disciplines these are ways that we can offer our bodies, include our bodies, be intentional and thoughtful and give focus to how we are bodily living a life of worship with God, which if we remember from, from the very beginning, worship is whole nature submission yeah. to God. So some application points for this, some doables, if you will, uh, just, I want you to ask yourself the question, how can you engage in worship? a little bit differently. What is something that you can try? We talked about this earlier. What's something that you can do that maybe is a little bit different to you? Maybe it's actually singing instead of mouthing the words. Maybe it's, maybe it's clapping, even, you know, starting small, or maybe it's, you know, having a private dance session, right? That's something that our family likes to do with our kids. As I said, I've got, I got young kids, they're three and they're one. And what we like to do sometimes is to put on loud worship music in our living room and just have what we call a Jesus dance party where we just like, like go berserk in the living room, dancing around. And it usually involves my son doing flips or something. I don't like, he, you know, and then it involves my daughter bouncing up and down and, uh, so yeah, just try, try something out. Um, and then, and then a second question or a second, yeah, a second question, which Elijah discipline can you focus on this week? Again, those disciplines that we mentioned were getting more sleep, eating healthy, appreciating nature, receiving a physical touch of comfort, exercising, talking honestly with God, being quiet and still and, delegating tasks to others who have bandwidth. Which one of these disciplines can you focus on for this next week? Um, and, and, and just make it a point. I, I give yourself a plan. Say, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to set aside some time of quiet and stillness, or mm-hmm. I, I am going to give myself the time to take nap, uh, a nap on this day or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. And just get started with something, take some steps and what, what I believe is you'll probably start to see, oh, like I really needed that, or mm-hmm. I can feel that my body really appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And then talk about it with God. Honestly, talk about all this with God. Um, he wants to talk with you about it. So anyway, that was, um, our conversation today on, on, um, the worshiping body and Elijah disciplines. If you, if you have the book embodied, read the chapter on the worshiping body. It really dives into this a little bit more. If you have the book Journey of the Soul, then go back to that uh, page 105, 106, and read about those Elijah disciplines too. We will be back with you, friends, uh, next week to continue our series on Embodied. I think we have 
two more episodes mm -hmm. in this conversation. Next week, we have an interview um, with a friend of Saddleback named Rob Rice, and it's going to dive into the topic of suffering. So <laughs> make sure to, it's a great conversation. So, so please make sure to come back and, and hear that conversation next week. And then we'll wrap up the series um, talking about um, whole person care and fruitfulness um, out of um, our, our state of embodiment. So uh, friends, we love you. We're, we pray for you. And uh, we look forward to being back with you again next week. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week.